glad you're here this morning. We're going to jump kind of right into things this morning. Once you get your Bible open over to the book of 1 Corinthians, no surprise there. We've been there for some time. We're going to be in chapter 12 this morning. Now, if you've been coming, you know we've been doing this thing, 1 Corinthians, for a while now. In fact, this morning we're on part 23. That means we have spent half of a year, six months, through 1 Corinthians. Now, I'm usually not one to spend such a long period of time going through the same thing. I like a little bit of variety. I like jumping here and there. In fact, at the, last year, when I started praying over, should we do 1 Corinthians, I really wrestled with this idea because I knew how long it would take us. Now, we're getting close to wrapping up the whole book. We're not too far away. But I knew it was going to be challenging at points. But, you know, I love it because it seems like even though as we stayed in this book through this year, and we've dealt with some difficult passages. It seems amazing. I mean, it's really God timing because it seems like almost every week I hear something or get involved with something that the scripture we're going to be talking about on Sunday deals with. I mean, I love how the Lord gives confirmation to the leading of His Spirit of this is what we should do. And I've seen it time and time again, and I know it's true for this morning. So this morning we're talking about, I love chapter 12 because it deals with it's such a great chapter on spiritual gifts. Now, if you've been in church more than probably just a couple of times, I'm guessing you've at least heard the term of spiritual gifts. It's one of those churchy words, right? I mean, it gets used, but I don't think it's greatly understood. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about spiritual gifts, what they are and how to operate in them. And so even though you may have heard about spiritual gifts, I want us, as we look through this chapter, that's got, I mean, this is one of my favorite chapters in the book of 1 Corinthians. I want us to look at what, what we really see, what our spiritual gifts, what do they mean for you and for me? What impact do they have on our lives? And let me tell you, it's a huge impact. And we're going to get into this, so we're going to be spiritual gifts 101, because we re- need to remember some of the basic truths about spiritual gifts and how to walk in them. So we're not going to wait any further. Let's just jump into Scripture this morning. Again, we're going to, it's a little bit longer passage, but we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, because the whole chapter kind of is set in this context of learning about spiritual gifts. Let's look at it, and we're going to go back and see what the Lord has for us today. It says this, starting in chapter 12, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, And in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them 
to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, the one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body weren't eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body weren't ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that we think, the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, and gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet I will show you the most excellent way. Now we stop there as we kind of come to the end of chapter 12. And I know we read a lot of verses. Most of them probably fairly familiar to you, passages you've heard before. There's a lot to it. I know, we, again, we can't answer every question or deal with every little issue that comes up. I'd love to stay around today and talk with you. And if you got, you know, a question about what did this mean or that, I'd love to share it with you. But since the passage is about spiritual gifts, I want us to kind of focus down on what it tells us about spiritual gifts. In fact, this morning, I believe I can point out for you three facts, I mean, guaranteed facts about spiritual gifts that you need to know. It's not just that you know it up here, but it affects what you do for yourself, for your family, for the church family. I want you to understand, these are facts, biblical truths about spiritual gifts. So fact number one is this. Every believer, that is, every born-again believer in Jesus Christ, has been given spiritual gifts. Let me restate this so you understand clearly what I'm saying. 
every believer in Christ has been given spiritual gifts. I want you to notice, you may have heard in the reading of the text, it tells us, and there's other passages about spiritual gifts all throughout the Bible. It tells us each one has been given the manifestation of the Spirit. It tells us that if you are in Christ, if you are saved, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, you have been given the Spirit of God, and in that you've been given the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Now the issue is a lot of people tend to think that this this church term, spiritual gifts, it must mean it's reserved for the special few. It must mean it's for the, the... preacher stands behind the pulpit or the the teacher in the Sunday school class or the missionary or this or that person it's for the extra holy among us it's for if you've been Christian long enough you're like you get to the 10-year mark and there you finally get your spiritual gift no it says that every believer when you are made a new creation in Christ you have been given a spiritual gift at least one a lot of times more than that and here we have this, we have an incomplete list of spiritual gifts. It lists several of the gifts of the Spirit. And this is not a full, complete, exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. It gives a lot of them. But God says that in Christ, we are, since the Spirit comes into us, we are given spiritual gifts. Now, some of you this morning will be going, okay, I hear your word. It says every person who is a believer in Jesus gets a spiritual gift, but I don't know what mine is. I'm not sure if I have one. Now, if you feel that this morning, if you say you don't know you have a spiritual gift or you don't know what they are, that's because of one of two reasons. Reason one could be you've never sought to find out. You know, getting a spiritual gift is not like, you know, you get out of the baptismal waters and you get handed a card that says, you now have the gift of, oh, prophecy, great. It doesn't work that way. You don't get this, oh, here's this very clear given, this is what you're to do. That's not the way the gift of the Spirit works. And we'll get into more about how to develop and learn your spiritual gifts in a minute. But if you don't think you have spiritual gifts or you're not sure what they are, a lot of times that's simply because you have not pursued an understanding of what they are. You have not gone after how to walk in the spiritual gifts God has given you. You haven't studied the scriptures of what are these different gifts and how they manifested. That's a, that's a huge problem in our churches today, folks. In fact, we're going to see how much it costs us in a little while. But that's, that's reason number one. You may not think you have a spiritual gift. You're not sure what it is. You've never sought it out. Now, reason two, this is the scary one. And I don't want to scare anybody, but if I have to, I will. Reason two, that you may not think you have a spiritual gift or don't know what it is, is maybe you're not saved. Now, your salvation is only over between you and the Lord. But one of the marks of a believer is spiritual gifts. If a person comes and says, I'm a Christian, but I've just taken the plan, I'm in the uh, show up to church enough plan to be a Christian, but never had the decision of faith of my own life, I've never, you know, never done it personally if I'm just trying to be a good person, if I'm walking the all roads lead to heaven path, and it's, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I I grew up in the church. 
But I've never made the decision to be a believer, a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, that I'm not going to have a spiritual gift. And friends, that is a problem too. I want you to understand the Bible constantly tells us don't be deceived. Don't be, don't be tricked into thinking you have something that you really don't have. I've counseled with plenty of people who sometimes struggle with, am I really saved? You know, it's, they're going through a crisis time. The enemy's on them trying to make them doubt their salvation. One of the clearest things we can point to to say, I know I'm saved is spiritual gifts. You would not have them if you weren't saved. I mean, it's wonderful to operate in a spiritual gift because when you have the doubts and when you're in the crisis and when the enemy comes to attack, you can say, I know I'm in Christ. Look, here's evidence. I've been given a spiritual gift. I see I've used that spiritual gift. So some people say, well, why don't I have this? I don't understand. what this I don't, Maybe I don't have a spiritual gift. I'm hoping it's just that you never sought it out. We're going to fix that. But it could be, and only you know in your heart if you've made the decision to be a true believer, follower in Jesus Christ. And when you are... When you've made that decision, you have been given spiritual gifts. Every born-again believer in Jesus Christ has been given spiritual gifts. Now, I guess we need to stop here because some people may need this this morning. What are spiritual gifts? I mean, you heard some of the list, but let's, let's take it down simple. What are spiritual gifts? Well, what does the name tell us? First, it's a gift. Meaning it's given to you, not because you earned it, you deserved it, or anything you've done that had merited it. It is given out of God's grace-filled heart. I'm giving to you this gift. Now, we get the gift of the Spirit in us, but it manifests, Scripture tells us, in specific ways. You saw some of them in the wisdom, and preaching and teaching and prophesying and, and, and miraculous things. I'm, again, a list there, and there's other places in Scripture that talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, here's what's really cool. This is what I think. God must have a sense of humor because here's what I think God does a lot of times with spiritual gifts. I can't point to one specific passage that points it out, but I can look at a whole lot of application, my life and others, and see in Scripture. A lot of times, spiritual gifts come to us in the areas where we are weak, or likely to walk in very fleshly ways, where we struggle. See, we need to understand the difference between just talents and abilities that everybody has and spiritual gifts. See, when you were growing up, you probably learned about some of the talents, right? The things that came from your, your, your culture, your setting, or maybe from your parents, or you inherited. Maybe you learned you are good at sports, or at music, or at math or you really like doing whatever activity that you had a passion for that you had interest in that you were gifted in every now those things still come from god in the end because all things come from god but everybody whether you're a christian or not is going to have gifts and abilities right everybody's going to have certain talents and things you're good at when you're not great in others we accept that but spiritual gifts are above and beyond Spiritual gifts are the things given by God so we can operate in an area that, we're, that we struggle with personally. Let me show you an example. Uh, one of the joys of being a pastor is that every week, at least once a week, I get to exercise a spiritual gift, and that is the preaching and teaching of God's Word. 
One of the reasons I know what is a spiritual gift is because I could tell you, and the people who knew me very well growing up, I was not personally, myself, my own gifts and abilities meant to do this. You know, people a lot of times assume, as I'm a pastor and I stand up in front of people, and a lot of people are so scared of speaking in front of others. They think, well, I must be a really outgoing, you know, personality, an extrovert, all this stuff. Uh Uh-uh. I'm going to tell you, the truth of it is, put me in a social setting that's not this. Not where I'm trying to preach God's words. You go put me in a group of people, I'll be the quietest one there. I am an introvert. I mean, absolutely. I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't like standing up and, and telling the story. and all. I don't. I mean, I can interact pretty well with a small group of people, but you put me up in that kind of social, just a social situation, I struggle. I remember the, in college taking a speech class. It had nothing to do with preaching the Word of God, just a speech class. I'd already preached a handful of sermons. And I was scared to death to stand up and give a five-minute speech over a random topic. Why? Because I was not working in my gift at all. I mean, it was completely against my nature. I promise you this. People will know me very well. No, I don't like being a center of attention. I really don't. But you give me God's word to preach, which I believe is the spiritual gift in my life, you can put thousands in front of me, and I am ready to go. Now, why would God do that? Why would God come to a person who says, you know, you really don't like being up in front of others and put a gift like that so that I can't ever claim it's anything to do with me? I don't get a stand up and says, man, look at me. I'm so good. I'm so smart. I'm such a good speaker. No, because you know what? Every week as I get closer and closer to Sunday, I go, I have nothing to say. When I try to figure it out myself, I'm going, man, this can be like a five-minute sermon. I've got nothing. And some of y'all might be wishing I was doing the five-minute messages, but that wouldn't be in the Lord. And then I go home at a Sunday and go, wow, thank you, God, once again, because I didn't have that on my own. It is a spiritual gifting, and he gives it in the areas that we're going to struggle in ourselves. That's what I think is so awesome about those spiritual gifts. Is those, again, it's not worried about my, the, those natural talents and abilities. God is going to use those places where his glory is most evident those places that you struggle the places that in your own personality and own flesh that's not the direction you go god is going to put that on you he's going to use you he's going to give that spiritual gift or gifts and here's the awesome thing the more you learn to use them the more more you learn the spiritual gifts god has put on you and how to walk in them in faith, the more gifting you begin to receive. It's awesome. I mean, it's God saying, you know, to the servant, well done, good and faithful servant. I put you in charge of a few things, and I'll put you in charge of a lot of things. He gives you abundance. He increases the depth of that use. Walking in spiritual gifts is so awesome. I promise you this morning, if you know, if you can state in truth, you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you have been given spiritual gifts. Some of you, I know you are very well, and you know what some of those gifts are. And you try to operate in them. And some of you may not have a clue. How do you fix that? Well, I wish I could just say, here's your gift and go and do. You know how we learn our spiritual gifts? We take a step of faith. 
We go pursue God's word. Okay, what are some of the spiritual gifts we're told about? We pray over them. We ask God, God, what are you giving me? What are you calling me to? And then we go test it. If God is saying, I want you to walk in this way, if this is the spiritual gift I'm putting you, you won't know for sure until you take a step out of the boat. And then you're going to see, oh, wow, God provided for me in that. You're going to begin to learn what those gifts are. You don't understand their spiritual gifts until you go and do. But I want you to hear me. A fact of spiritual gifts is that every born-again believer has been given spiritual gifts. You have to understand that. You've been given it. Why waste it? Now, fact number two, and I really want you to hear this. Fact number two about spiritual gifts. The gifts God has given you are not for your own benefit. Should I say it again? Make sure you weren't sleeping on me. The gifts, the spiritual gifts God has given you are not for your own benefit. The passage this morning, it says, each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And we heard all this passage about the body. He says, you know, the church is like the body. It's one body but many parts. And they all have a different purpose. And you can't say to the other one, I don't need you. It is give, the gifts given to you are for kingdom purposes. They're for the building up of the kingdom and the body of Christ. Let me, let me see if I can illustrate it for you a different way. I want you to imagine that today I come over to your house and I give you an envelope. And I say, I've got a gift for you. I said, I'm giving it to you just because I love you. And I just, I just want to hand this to you. And here's an envelope and you open it and you see inside a check for a million dollars. Now, you know you're living in a fantasy world right now if I'm giving you a check for a million dollars, but we're pretending for a moment. I gave you a million dollars, and I said this. I want to give this to you because I love you. Now, I'm giving this to you as a gift. You have control over it. You can spend it and squander it away on whatever you want. You could invest it and try to get more. You could just take that check and... Hide it under your mattress and forget about it. You can do what you want to do, but here's what I want you to do with this gift I'm giving you. I want you to go and use it for the blessing of others. I can't force you to. You have the right to use it another way, but I'm giving, the reason I'm giving you this is for the blessing and building up of others. And I'll tell you this, I'll say, I'm giving you this gift with one string attached. I'm giving it to you with the promise that this money, this gift will not make you happy, will not bring you any joy or give me any joy unless you use it in the way I intended it. You can go spend it on, you can go spend it on yourself, you can waste it away, you can forget about it. But none of those things will bring you any joy. If I, pro I promise you, if you use this for the blessing of others, it will bring you great joy. Because that is the purpose, the reason I've given it to you. Now, that's a fantasy world, right? But in truth, that has actually happened to us with God. He says, here's a gift. You didn't deserve it, you didn't earn it, but I'm giving it to you. You can choose because you have free will. You can waste it away. You can forget that you have it. 
but I'm giving it to you to use. And the reason I'm doing it is for the blessing of others. And it only by using it in that way will you find joy in it. If you waste it away, you forget about it. If you do it on other things, it will not bring you joy. Only as you give it to others. See, that's, that's a struggle for us, isn't it? When somebody gives you a gift, you're like, it's mine. And that's what a gift is. It's been given to me. Don't tell me it's somebody else's. It's for me. That's not how God's operating with us. He says, when I give you the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, it is not for your own benefit. I'm giving it to you for the common good, for the blessing of others. Think of this. Think of Jesus. You will never find an example in Scripture where Jesus performed a miracle for his own benefit. Tons of miracles, right? I mean, awesome things. It was always blessing others. He was hungry and thirsty and tired and in danger and all the other things that we struggle with. But he never, ever performed a miracle to meet one of his own needs. He didn't say, man, I am really, really thirsty, so I'm going to go ahead and boom, here's water. No, he stayed thirsty so he could walk to a well and meet a woman who needed him. He never did the miracles to meet his own need, even though he could have. He didn't. What God has given you is not just for your own benefit. It is to be used to bless others. It is to build up the body of Christ, the church. And if you don't use it in those ways, it will not bring you any joy. In fact, here's what it's do. This is fact three. This is what you've got to hear. Because first, what did, what did we say? Every born-again believer has been given spiritual gifts in fact two was the god given spiritual gifts were not given for your benefit three is this we need each other's spiritual gifts we need them we need them desperately that tells us what if you are not using your spiritual gifts or you don't even know what they are You're not just hurting you. You know who you're hurting more? The body of Christ. You're hurting the church more than you're even hurting you. Because God called you to a place to use a gift. And if you're not going to use it, that's like cutting off an arm. It's like hobbling around on one leg. You're hurting the body. In fact, I don't want to get on my soapbox here, but you know I know a trend right now is to go to the mega churches, you know, the thousands and thousands of people and 18 services over the weekend. And I, I'm not knocking those things, but you know why I think some people go to that, the big thing? What's the trendy thing, the popular thing? Because they don't have to use their spiritual gifts there. I get to hide in the crowd. I get to go to a place that serves me that meets my needs, that has the best program for my kids or, you know, my teenager or whatever. I'm not saying everybody goes to a big churches like that. Don't get me wrong. There are some awesome servants and people using spiritual gifts in those places. I'm just saying it's a whole lot easier to kind of blend in the crowd and be forgotten and not be called on to use your spiritual gifts when there's a ton of people around you. God did not call you to a church so that just your needs would be met. Are they going to be met? Are you going to be blessed and coming? Absolutely. But he called you to a place 
Because he's gifted you, and he's gifted you so you can bless the church. And if you're not doing it, the church is hurting. It means we're missing something. I tell you, I personally, I struggle. Um, one of my areas of struggle is saying no. I like to do a lot of things. I like to stay busy. I like to do this and do that. And I like to, you know, test where God has gifted me and, and find new things and try things. And so I don't like to say no. And I, especially in the church, if I see a gap, if I see something missing, if I, you know, something should be filled right there, I want to just jump at it. And I, I want to do that. And I, there's good intentions, but you know what? I, this past year, I'm kind of, one of my things I constantly say to myself is be willing to say no. Because there's some things God did not call me to do. He gifted me for certain specific things. And I should be doing those and doing them with the best I can. That's going to mean there's going to be gaps other places. That means there might be something over there, a, a need that's not being met. Because so-and-so is not using a spiritual gift. That's tough. But when you're not operating in your spiritual gifts, you're hurting the church. We need each other's spiritual gifts. And I want you to hear this, friends. You need that other person. You know that you're a hand and they're a foot. You're you're just as far away from each other as you can get. You would handle a situation like this. They would handle a situation like that. I mean, just opposite as can be. You don't get along. The personalities clash. You don't understand that person and how they would do things. We need you and we need that person. Because God has gifted them to do their things. And it's okay. In fact, it's wonderful. It's neither. They do it differently than you. We need each other's spiritual gifts. We need to realize the value of the other parts of the body. Even the ones we don't like. Let's try this together. Let's, uh, let's make sure we're awake and let's try a little exercise. I want you to repeat after me. You ready? I said, oh, okay, I was waiting for somebody goes, I repeat after me. I re- okay, all right, somebody is, all right, now that you're all right, okay, here we go. God loves me. But you ought to say it like, God loves me. I mean, there's some joy in that statement, I hope. Okay, we're going to try again, we're going to repeat after me. God loves me. God loves you. God loves the people I don't know. God loves the people I don't like. Some of you are like, God loves the people I don't know. I get it. Okay, there, is, there are some people, even inside the church, that there's the clash with. You don't understand. They're just, I mean, you are gifted in completely separate ways. And that's Okay. And I know they're, because we're sinful people, we step on each other's toes and we say things we shouldn't have said and act in a way that was a fleshly manner and, you know, we hurt each other and we're just, we're a bunch of sick people and kind of knocking into each other. I get that. But we need to stop and go, you know what? I know God loves me. I love that part. I know God gifted me for certain things and I know this, but guess what? Even that person over there, God loves that person and has called that person to this place for a reason. And I need to pray for that person that they use his or her spiritual gifts, encouraging him or her to do that, to seek the Lord. We need that person. Even that person that you have a hard time dealing with. 
That's what makes up the body of Christ. It's wonderful that God did not gift us all the same. We would get nothing done. One body. Many parts made up of all kinds of different spiritual gifts. But we have to use them. If we don't use them, we're hurting this church, this body that we love so much. If we're not utilizing the gifts God gave us, because that spiritual gift is worth so much, so much more than anything I could give you. Why would we just squander it or forget it or think it's all about me? God gave us these gifts. If we would all use use them, I mean, wow, what would happen inside of the body of Christ? If we're just all moving in the spirit of God, using the gifts that we're given. So what's my challenge to you this morning as we talk about the spiritual gifts 101, the basics of spiritual gifts. First of all, know what your spiritual gifts are. If you don't know what they are, first maybe you need the affirmation of if you are a born-again believer, you have gifts from the Spirit. Not of your own flesh, not of your own ability, but given by God to be used for the church. If you don't know what they are, it's time to seek what those are. You need to get in Scripture. You need to be praying to the Lord. You may need to put a brother or sister in Christ around you and say, could you help me? What do you see in me? You know, let's try some things together. Let's, let's do this. Let's walk by faith to find out what these gifts are. You have to pursue it. You've got to step out of a comfort zone to find out how God has uniquely gifted you. You have a spiritual gift if you are in Christ. Now, if, if you're on, in your honest heart this morning saying, I'm not in Christ. I've shown up to church a lot. I've heard all the stuff. I, you know, I've tried to be a good person, and I just trust the fact that God loves everybody enough that I'm okay, but I've never made a decision for Christ. And one of the evidences, I don't have a spiritual gift. Well, we'd better handle that this morning. Because that is supreme over everything else. One of the blessings that's going to come when you receive Christ is, boom, you have a spiritual gift from God that is going to do so many awesome things. Know what your spiritual gifts are. Know that they're going to come in areas where you are weak and where you struggle. That are against probably a lot of times what your natural inclination is. Because God's not going to have you stand up and say, hey, look at me. He's going to put you up and say, everybody can see me through you. So know what your spiritual gifts are. Two, are you using them for the blessing of the body of Christ? Maybe you say, I know I'm this spiritual gift, whatever God has given me. You, I say, you say, I know, I know this, I've operated in it. I, you know, con- Lord has given confirmation, but you are not using it to build up the body of Christ. You are hurting. You are hurting your church family, if that's you. And lastly, I just need to say that not only this morning, Joe, I want you thinking about how God has gifted you and how you're using that gift in the church. I want you to think about that person, that other part of the body, that maybe you haven't appreciated very much. It's not your job to be worried about how well they're operating in, in their gift because you know you struggle in yours. 
I want you to think about the person that's just on the opposite side from you that you struggle with, you don't understand. I want you to start praying for them this morning. I believe God will call some of you to go and speak encouragement to that person. That God loves you and so do I. Yeah, sometimes we don't like each other very much. Don't say that to that person. But I know that's the truth. I know we struggle, but I, I love you. I know God loves you. Encourage them because this body needs that person's gift just as much as we need yours. Absolutely. What are your spiritual gifts? Are you using them for the body of Christ? How can you pray for that other part of the body that we need so desperately? Spiritual gifts are so awesome. I love how God just says, watch what I can do. In your own life, where you're weak, where you struggle, watch. My power, my glory, my strength, my name. Why waste that gift? Let's go before the Lord this morning. I want you right now to go ahead and go into an attitude of prayer right in this very moment. Because even though I talk for just another moment, I want you to begin praying about those things I'm challenging you with this morning. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? Can you, and do you know them in such confidence that you can state them to the Lord right now? If you can, I want you to do that. I want you to thank you, Lord, for gifting me with, tell them. Just give them praise for a second. Thank you, God. This is not of me. This is of you. I've seen it in my life. Thank you, God. Now, if you're struggling to even do that, if you can't say to God, here's what you've called me to do, then you know what you need to focus on this morning. Learning how God has gifted you or making sure you're in Christ so that you have a spiritual gift. You may need to seek Him this morning, seek Scripture of what are the spiritual gifts. You may, you're going to have to take a step of faith and try some of those things out to learn what God is putting you I also want you praying this morning, right now, even as I'm talking, you're talking to God. You're giving Him thanks for the spiritual gifts, or you're asking Him how, to understand what yours are. I want you to ask God and say, show me how I can use this, not for my own benefit, but for the building up of the body of Christ. Right now, just go ahead and do that. Show me how I can use the spiritual gifts you've given me to build up the body of Christ. Begin to seek Him in that. Don't let, don't let what he gave you just be kept to yourself. Don't be the person who says, I'm so happy over this gift I've given me, but I don't really want to share it with anybody else. God has called you, he's gifted you to build up the body. And lastly, right now, just as you're praying, I want you to just pray for that person, that one, or, you know, one person or two that God would just put on your heart right now to say, God, tell me who I need to pray for right now. I don't... As soon as that comes into you, I, I want you to start praying for that person. Maybe the person you had the biggest conflict with, or it's just so opposite from who you are. The, the person that, the way, when they do things, or even in their, in their gifts, it just, man, it goes completely different how than you would. And that's okay. I want you right now, as God gives you that name, for that person or two or three, start praying for that person. Ask God to show you appreciation for the gifts that he's given to that person. Pray over and pray encouragement. Say, God, show me how can I be a blessing to this person and the gifts you've given. 
pray for the building up of the body of Christ. Right now, seeking the Lord in those things before we respond through prayer.